think about your bookends because that becomes your your first step in your um, your self-care daily commitment is are you starting your day working and ending your day working you're not you're gonna burn out so those the first and the last thing that you do in the day dictates a lot of uh, your relationship with burnout and how you feel about your the work that you're doing you know the main aspect of being a success in your business is actually selling your service who would have thought when it comes to videos whether you're doing weddings company profiles corporate work or ads the fastest way to sell is to draw emotion from the viewer it doesn't matter how good your shot or how epic the setting is it'll be no match from the power of audio the clear audio and music are the keys to telling and selling a story for us and a lot of people in my industry the best source for high quality music is none other than Musicbed. Musicbed has a highly curated roster featuring hundreds of artists, bands, and composers. As a Wedding Video Boss listener, you can get your first month of subscription free or 20% off of a single song purchase. Just enter the promo code no space Wedding Video Boss when you check out. Now you could call yourself a savant a master storyteller or whatever the heck you need to say to make yourself different. Remember, use the promo code Wedding Video Boss or click on the link in the notes. Welcome to the Wedding Video Boss podcast. If this is your first time, this is a podcast for someone like you. Someone who wants to turn their passion into profit, their hobby into a business. But it doesn't stop there. What I love about this podcast is that I bring you, I feel like, the right people. People who specialize in different aspects of running a business. Their topics may not be the sexiest because it's mostly back-end stuff, and they may not be well-known in your field because they represent other industries. But that's the beauty of it. These people are hand-picked, and they have sterling reputations in their own areas to give you proven tools so that you can build your business the right way. I've always believed that there is something to learn from someone in an unexpected place, and I want to be the one to close that gap for you. So, if all this makes sense to you, welcome. Today's episode is about avoiding burnout and taking control of your day. And my guest today is none other than Michelle Loretta. And when we come back, we're diving right in. So grab your pen and paper. But if you're driving, maybe just listen to this when you get to your destination. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Cue the music. All right, we are live. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being here. Really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, it, it, just like what I was telling you earlier, this is a, a topic that's really, really close to my heart because, you know, this age of social media and Gary Vaynerchuk. Gary Vaynerchuk is really instrumental to my, I guess, the drive that I have, but it, he also kind of like got to me where I'm like, I, you know what? I don't want to hear his voice anymore. <laughs> 
because yeah. it got so like you're trying to go at his pace but yes. not everyone has the same pace yeah so it's really yeah. this re really is really important to me this topic and yeah. um so before we get we start we we get into that topic i would love it if you tell the listeners and the viewers something about yourself like a random fact that they would probably be surprised to know I think most people are surprised to learn that I speak Spanish fluently, um, na natively, right? Um, I think, I don't know why people are surprised by that, but um, I think growing up in California, there's a little bit of a profiling that happens. And because my skin is light, lighter, don't <laughs> most people are surprised when I speak Spanish, at least on the West Coast. Now I live in Miami and a lot of people speak Spanish here. Um, and but people are still surprised that I speak Spanish because I don't have a Miami accent. So the Miami accent is um, a little bit of like a, it sounds like a Spanish as a second speaker accent, but even people that don't speak Spanish have the accent here. It's very weird. And so when people meet me, they're like, wait, how do you speak Spanish? You're just like some white girl. <laughs> Even though here in Miami, there's a lot of like different tones of skin for, for Spanish speakers are a lot more diverse than I think on the West Coast. So yeah, so <laughs> that's that, what people are surprised by that I speak Spanish. <laughs> I, I, I'm actually surprised, but I have, a, I have a friend, I have a buddy, he's Colombian, but uh -huh. you wouldn't, at, when you look at him, he's not, he's just like white right yeah and, then, and that's so funny because that's like that's such a california thing but because i think most in california most a lot not everybody but a lot of spanish speakers um you know have more indigenous roots to them and you know my family is from uruguay and it's it's all you know white mm. spanish people there and so that's why here in miami it's a little different because we get so many more Latin Americans from all over. And so the, you know, C Cubans are very white, you know, Argentines are very German and English and things like that. So you, here in Miami, it's a little bit more diverse and Spanish speaking, you know, people. Um, but yeah, on the West Coast, people are always like, wait, how come? Which makes it interesting to eavesdrop on people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like when, cause he, he's a photographer yeah. and, um, when when he started when we started working together, he started speaking in Spanish. I'm like, wait, yeah. you can speak Spanish? He's like, yeah, I'm Colombian. Holy crap! Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's so funny because he's he gets to eavesdrop around people. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's funny, yeah. And also, you know, it, being here, it, it, I I just want to say that when we were in Miami, maybe like five years ago. Yeah. When we were when we go to like restaurants or we go to like the tours, people, the Spanish speaking people, they're disappointed in us that we don't know yes. how to speak Spanish. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Wow, yes. this is like the yes. reverse of everything I know. Totally, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Here, people will assume you speak Spanish first before English, um, and being that you know you know, Filipino, you know, Latinx, like very similar cultures and, and you could pass for, uh, you know, Latin American for sure. And so I think people would probably be shocked that you did not speak Spanish here. Yeah, they were. It, I, yeah. So I, I kind of like start learning a little bit like cuanto and digame. Oh, yeah, <laughs> good. Well, there's things, I mean, do you, do you speak, um, Tagalog or anything yes, like that? Yes. So yeah, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. there's very similar words. Oh yeah. Yeah. And we yeah. have, we've been, uh, Philippines has been, uh, 
colonized by the Spaniards for like yes. 300 years. So it's yeah, part of our yeah. language, like uno, dos, yeah. tres, cuatro. So, you know, it's everything, but not like conversational because that's what our grandparents used. But now yes. for us, we don't. So, but yeah, that, yeah, that's, yeah. that's a really cool fact. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So I now... <laughs> Now I love um, hearing about people's origin story because, oh, you know, I'm so interested in how people got into the wedding industry, especially yeah. here in the U.S. So I would love to hear what your origin story is, like how you got into the industry and yeah. what you're up to right now. Okay. So my background is in accounting. So the farthest thing from the wedding industry possible, that's what I studied in college. I went to go work for one of those big accounting firms. Um and then, and I worked in sales and marketing for companies like Coach. And in 2004, I decided that I wanted to start a stationary business because I loved paper. I didn't have any background in art. I had honestly I had no right to start a wedding business or a design, a stationary design business. But I always loved paper. And in 2004, that was when people were first starting like micro businesses for lack of a better word, where you would launch a website and you could compete with a company like Crane Stationer. Like that was such a incredible concept in the early 2000s that you could put your website up and compete with these big companies. These days it's so much more complicated than that. But um, so in 2004, I started a stationer business. That's how I got into this industry. And I taught myself the design side. In those days, it was really... Um, the style that was popular was like handmade wedding invitations, which the DIY market kind of killed that people aren't producing handmade work. They're producing that in the form of their printing, right? So letterpress has become the hand printed form of, of that. And so um, at that point I moved to Seattle and I was in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. In 2009, I started writing a business blog for the wedding industry. So we just celebrated 10 years of this oh congratulations and that blog became consultancy that it is today yeah thanks yeah so these days i consult wedding business owners on how to have a more profitable um smarter uh leaner business um that doesn't drive you crazy <laughs> that's so cool so yeah. um good for you for taking accountancy first before you get into your having your own business because not yeah. everyone is that lucky <laughs> And you know what? I didn't know it was going to end up like that, but it's kind of funny how we become full circle. So when I left accounting, I wanted to do something creative and artistic and I did, I got the chance to do that, but it's kind of funny how now I actually consult people on their financial strategies, thinking that I wanted to leave the creative side or leave the, the financial side. Over time, I realized like, wait, this is my strong suit. This is what I do really well is the financial side. Um, so you never realize how your career is going to take you without realizing it. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the yeah. people around you are pretty much going to influence, like, if you're going to stay, if you're, you know, going to mm -hmm. leave. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So all in those 10 years, when you started your business blog, what were the major obstacles that you encountered that kind of made you feel like, you know what, this probably isn't going to work out for me or this is uh, stuff that made you want to quit or maybe had you think about like maybe I should just do something else was was there any 
Yeah, I'd say, you know, in the beginning when I started the blog, I didn't know that it was going to be its own business. Uh, at that point, I was really looking to network with wedding professionals nationwide to get more stationary business. So that was the initial idea. Um, so I, I wouldn't say that initially I felt like there were a lot of roadblocks or obstacles because this wasn't a business just yet. I'd say that the roadblocks and the obstacles came later in business. I'd say, I'd say about three or four years ago, um, one of the obstacles that I faced as a business owner with Sage Wedding Pros was with my business partner leaving the business. So at that time, I had a business partner. We're still very good friends. People always want to know what, what happened. Was there conflict? No, actually, we have a beautiful relationship. Um, her husband had a lot of challenges with his health, and she was running a wedding planning business full time as well. And being torn in so many directions, she made the decisions to step out of the business. And I always thank our lucky stars that we had a really good partnership agreement in place. And, you know, our friendship remained intact and, and you know, we still remain really good friends. But that was a turning point for the business because the business was always established with two people in mind, two partners, two people doing the work. And all of a sudden in that, you know, year or two after she left, there was so much more workload on me. So it's really, it's awesome. We're talking about burn, burnout because I went through massive burnout when, she, you know, when she left the business and all of a sudden all of this work fell on me. Um, producing education, producing conferences, um, putting out new material, putting out new courses, things that we used to share together, the strategy of the business, all of a sudden was like, I am, you know, team of one person versus two people. And that burnout was a huge, huge obstacle that I had to deal with. And I'd say that I probably only really come out from that burnout um, of in the last maybe year. Yeah, yeah. It, it really. So I was in it for a while. Yeah, it really stays. Yeah. It's so weird. Mm -hmm. It's like a a rash that never <laughs> never wants to leave. <laughs> yes, and you, and we do some like self defeat self defeating things that just like it feeds the rash instead of feeding ourselves. We continue into this like you know hole of misery. Um, you, you know without knowing how to excavate ourselves <laughs> from that really yeah so i i want to ask you then because i feel like you had this planned down because if you encountered burnout in in the last three to four years that means your first six years was kind of like a if not if, if it's not a breeze it was like an easy six years did you yeah, have like, i mean there's always things that you're like oh this works this doesn't work you know there were there were definitely challenges but I, I think because it was my second business um i had more confidence to just kind of like test things and see what was working and see what wasn't so i never really saw those challenges as obstacles i'm also somebody that really likes challenges um you know i like problems I make a living off of solving other people's problems, right? So challenges don't bother me. Um, but but losing a business partner is like losing a spouse. So there was a lot of heartbreak that went into that as well, um, like emotional heartbreak. Um, and then the additional like burden of additional work that just led to that um, burnout. And, and so that I would say was the biggest obstacle is learning how to adapt this business to um, only one owner. And, and one of the first things you posed was, 
um, it, something that made you reconsider whether you wanted to continue. And I, that was the only point in my business where I did ask myself, like, do I still want to do this? Do I still want to have this business by myself? Like, I really enjoyed having a business partner. I enjoyed collaborating with somebody else. I don't know if this business is for me by myself anymore, um, which is a very different kind of challenge than, oh, this thing didn't work or this isn't selling or I'm having a bad day or I'm, or I'm a little burned out. Um, when you start to constantly ask yourself the question of, do I want this business anymore? That's a, that's a, that's a shift. That's, that's a turning point that you need to decide what are you going to do? Yeah. It's like, yeah. I see it as the next chapter. Yes. Instead of like, oh crap, I, should I stop? <laughs> Just uh -huh. so I don't get burned out anymore. But we're, we're going to get into like how I got burnt out and how, so I, I want to ask you. Why is uh, burnout so prevalent in the wedding industry? Yeah, well, I think all small business owners face an element of burnout. I think in the wedding industry, it's a lot harder because we have physically intense jobs. We're on our feet all day on the weekends. Um, or, you know, if you're in video or photography, you're literally schlepping your, you know, your, your gear all over the place. So it's physically intense. You're on your feet for 16 hours a day. Um, and your weekend is working while all your friends and your family are outside. And we often aren't taking time off to make up for that. We go right back to our computers on Monday. A lot of us do after working events on Saturday and or Sunday. Um, so that's the big thing. And then as business owners, the things that everybody falls into is the need to keep up with client needs, to service them the best, to always be available, to always be delivering, to be, you know, on, to be posting on social media, all of those things just mm -hmm. add to that physically intense job as well. So talking about social media, what do you think are the, the biggest contributors to, to burnout? Like, a apart from social media, which is like probably one of the biggest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's devices, to be quite honest. So aside from like the actual like physical work on the weekends and things like that, it's the fact that we're always on our phone that is contributing to our burnout. We're not, we're not taking time off. First of all, a lot of us are on our computers too late at night, checking email, getting back, editing, um, if we're in photography or film. Um, so that's one thing. It's the computer need, um, aside from the event need. But then when we're not in front of our computer, our devices are these little computers that, are that we're carrying around all day that are demanding our attention. And so we're either posting on social media or we're checking the email. We've got notifications. We Now we have texts from clients. Now we have, you know, voice memos from clients and things like that. So we're always on and we're not turning that off. Even if we say our office hours are from nine to six weekly, we're still continuing to work at 10 o'clock at night. How many people are reviewing email in bed before they turn turn their, you know, turn their lights off? That's what's contributing to the burnout in addition to the other, you know, workload that we do. It's the devices are the final straw that is breaking all of our backs. Yeah, I have to be honest with you. So I'm not a very, I'm, I'm, we're, we're a very private couple, me and my wife. We both mm -hmm. run the company, right? But mm -hmm. for us, we needed to do social media just so we exist in the, oh, in the industry. Oh, of course, yeah. 
yeah. So it didn't become, it wasn't a hobby. It wasn't like, oh, I wonder what my friends are doing. It always, every time yeah. I turn on Instagram or Facebook, it always feels like I need to post something just mm -hmm. so I existed today. And mm -hmm. there was a point where every time I scroll through Instagram or Facebook, I literally gagged. Like I didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah. So my question yeah. is, is that normal? And what are the warning signs that you're about yeah. to have a burnout? If there are <laughs> any. <laughs> I know gagging is one of them, but... <laughs> yeah, right. So um, first question, is it normal? I think it's normal to the degree that most of us are falling into this trap. Um is it right? I, no, I don't think I don't think we need to be on social media all the time. You know, we can be very strategic with our marketing. The other thing is, I mean, the reality is, are most of us getting our business from Instagram and Facebook? No, you Not know, me. maybe we're getting some business. Yeah. And every now and then I'm like, Oh, yeah, I get all my business from Instagram. It's like, great. But those people are anomalies. Most people are not getting a majority of their business from um, Instagram, it's coming from actual referrals and recommendations and, and things like that. Um, so we are talking ourselves into this false place that we need to be on social media all the time to be relevant. And that's total BS. We don't. Um, I do think that that visibility is important to some degree, but not to the degree where we need to be on there at nine o'clock. Um, I think there's certain... Um, you know, it's all, it's, it's all those um, studies that they do on like the dopamine fix of getting like the notification and the likes and the things like that. That's, that's really what's feeding into our mind thinking that we need to, to be doing these things. Um, I'd say that, you know, some signs that you are getting to that point where you're totally burning out, um, uh, you know, I'll share for me, it's like sitting at your computer or your desk and, and for eight hours a day or six hours a day or 10 hours, a day, however long your work day is and only working an hour. Like if, if, if you're only outputting, putting 10% of output or 20% of output for the time that you're putting in, you are burned out. You are sitting at the computer, spinning your wheels, not doing anything. And it's better to just back off and get off for a few days, to be quite honest. Um, we'll talk a little bit about some strategies that I think are helpful to do that. But um, I think that when people kind of get into this point where their brains are just mush and, um, and they're not producing any work, that's a sign of burnout. If you're waking up in the middle of the night with insomnia, that's another sign. Um, if you're not sleeping well, if you're sleeping too much, if you're sleeping too little, if you have depression, I mean, depression is a really big topic that could be a whole other show to be quite honest and that's not something that I'm skilled at speaking but I know depression and burnout go hand in hand um if you're not getting exercise you're burned out um you know if you if you find yourself in that cycle of depression a lot of times it's burnout is a piece of it you know this this culture just like what I was telling you earlier about like Gary Vaynerchuk this yeah. culture of like hustle yes. became, I mean, I feel like people <sighs> took it literally that you don't need to exercise. Just go wake up at 730 in the morning, go straight to checking your emails or whatever you have to do. Just drink coffee yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So yeah. 
it kind of like um, changes the pace of how we're supposed to. Because people forget that we're still a small business. We we can't sell one million weddings a year. There's just no yeah. way. We're a service. Yeah. yeah. So the, I feel like people need to understand that that um, you know that it's part of not doing. Not everyone's your client. And yes, realizing that it's kind of like going to help. It actually helped me, you know, lessen my burnout. And I, I feel like an addition to a symptom of having a burnout is, you know, when you're I, I was getting there was a point when I was getting affected that people are not liking my posts. Oh, or, yeah. 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 I was so yeah. I was so affected, like I'm irritated. Yeah. So it got to me and I'm like, OK, wait. Something's going on. This is not, it's not supposed to happen. So yes, I feel like yeah. that's, that's part of it. You're being impacted too much by, you know, those, that social presence, the online presence. Yeah. The online opinions. And, and if, because yeah. I was reading up, uh, I think, yeah, two days ago, I was reading in a forum that says, what is the best life hack that you have for people? And the top comment was, no one gives a fuck. No one gives a shit. That's <laughs> yeah, true. So if you want, <laughs> everyone's to, so concerned with themselves, they're not even paying attention to what other people are doing. Yeah. yeah, those those likes and those likes and follows are just people are just curious. People are curious yeah. beings. They just want to see you what you're up to, but that doesn't mean that they like what you're wearing or what, like what yeah. you're saying. So you have to think about like no one no one gives a shit about what you're yeah. wearing or saying. So yeah. You know, Lesson, yeah. Try to lessen that load. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and I always want to get back to like, okay, well, what's, you know, from, speaking from a business standpoint, like what's the real purpose of that social media? You have to go back to that marketing plan and say, you know, is social media important part of my marketing plan? Like, where am I getting my business from? Um, and the reality is that most of our business is likely coming from, or it should be coming from like relationships and networking, maybe some advertising. And when we start to kind of actually look at those numbers, a lot of us will start to see that maybe less than 20%, sometimes a lot less is coming from social media. So yeah, it's important to have that visibility, but don't go crazy over it. So you know, it's hard sometimes to be logical about it in that respect because social media is, um, like it's pulling us emotionally. And so we're making that decision to invest time like from an emotional standpoint, as opposed to like the actual practical, like, well, this isn't actually bringing me any business. So why am I on here at nine o'clock at night? Yeah. That dopamine yeah. fix, man. Yeah. And it's the, voyeur <laughs> it's the voyeuristic thing too. I'm going to say something too. I think as business owners, we are lonely. And because it's very isolating to have a business by yourself. Um, and even if we have employees um, and staff people, a lot of times it still falls down to us. And so social media gives this this false sense of um, collaboration and friendships and things like that. And uh, I have real life friendships from people that I met on Twitter, Twitter, oh, Twitter cool. 10 years ago, you know, that like, I've gone and visited and stayed on their couches and things like that, that I wouldn't, you 
know, real deep, close friendships. I'm not poo-pooing the real relationships that can come from social media. That does exist. But I think a lot of times as wedding professionals, because we are lonely sitting at our desks, editing 10 hours a day, we get onto social media because we feel like, oh, there's my friend. They're doing cool things, you know? And so it's to feel that place of belonging um, because we're lonely. I know it sucks. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's funny because it's your show, but it's, yeah, <laughs> it's funny because it's called social media, but yeah. you know it it's for people who don't have any social time for social. Yeah. So my yeah. question, my next question then is, what do you think should be the purpose of social media for someone's business? Like, how should you use it? Because for me, it's okay. So I'm gonna. I'm going to tell you what I think. I feel like social media has to be... I, I use it for my friends in the industry and my friends in real life. Yeah. Instead of trying to attract all these brides, all these customers. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah. I want to just concentrate on the relationships I have with the real yes. people that I know. Yeah. And... Just so I feel like the brides are going to be like, oh, wow, they know a lot of people or they have a really good relationship with my planner or my photographer. Yes. How yes. do you feel about that? Or is there any other way that you could use The relationships are everything. So I've been in this industry now for 15 years and there's going to be a new ad, a new social media. You know, in a few years, we're all going to be on like TikTok. Ooh. Tell me if I have to be on TikTok. Oh, <laughs> but I just that's, you know, that's that. what they all say. Oh, God, it's awful. Um, but there's always going to be something new. The one thing that has not changed is the relationships, right? Like that's where people's business is coming from. Um, yes, you can attract a bride, but like that bride or that groom in a year from now, they have, will have been married and they'll move on to the next thing. So show, social media should be about relationships with other people in the industry, to be quite honest. And that means not just talking about yourself, but talking about them, making them feel good about themselves. And it's about posting comments and sending DMs. Hey, that was beautiful. And not just tap, tap. Um, you know, that's how you build relationships. It's, it's by having conversations with people online rather than just being a voyeur. Um, I agree with you on, on the relationship completely. And what I've seen with social media, uh, uh, 10 years ago when like Twitter, it's funny, I thought Twitter because 20, 10 years ago it was important in the wedding industry. Now it's not as much. Um, it was about conversations and it was about showing your quote unquote real self. And then what happened was about seven, eight years ago, Instagram came on the scene and initially everyone was posting photos of their coffee that they were drinking. And so it was still this real thing about five to six years ago. What started happening is the um, magazine layouts of everything started happening on Instagram where you saw the, the flat lays of everything. You saw only professional images it, we went away from posting your, a cup of coffee on there. Um, everything is a photo shoot now on Instagram. But in the last year, there's been a, you know, a, re a reversal of that. People are tired of these, of so much fabricated photo shoot type stuff. They want to see, they want to see the stories. People are interested in the stories. Why are people watching the stories more than they're scrolling on the images? Because the stories is real life. This is what's happening at my event right now. 
This is what's happening in my office. This is what I look like without makeup. Um, people want to see that reality now. They've burned out of you know the the fake stuff, and that goes into what you were saying initially. It's all about the relationship, right? Like if you're going to have a relationship with somebody, they want to see the real person. Um, they hashtag authentic, you know, hashtag, you know, real life. Um, that's what people are more and more interested in. So what we're going to start to see, I still see, you know, the perfect, you know, the perfect nine, you still see that in the Instagram, um, a lot, but more and more, we're going to start seeing that too. Like, here's my cup of coffee because people, you can't, you can't get real. You can't build a relationship with um, flat lays. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And you know, and it's going to drown too. out. I feel like it's going to drown out in that sea of just scrolling. Oh, I've seen this before. So yes. just like what Michael Stelzner said uh, of, of social media examiner, he said the pendulum is shifting back to content, yep. which I yep. love because now I'm the, you could go back to blogging again. And yeah. now that Instagram in and Instagram and Facebook in a couple of years, it's just going to be all video. Facebook mm -hmm. is on yep. track to be just like a YouTube yep. that people need to have a little. Now the people who curate their feed and, you know, do like a photo shoot of every single thing that they do. Now they actually have to have a personality because so you yep. have two years to develop a personality. <laughs> to get comfortable with the camera. <laughs> yes, you're so right. Yeah. So yeah. now I want to ask you. What are the biggest things that you could do to prevent having a burnout? Yeah, well, you have to be militant with turning off your devices. That's so hard. Everyone's always like, oh, that sounds nice, but how do I do it? I mean, you, you have to. So um, you, I know a lot of people, they talk about um, so hashtag self-care. Like that's the big thing right now, right? And um People will take bubble baths and then they'll go get a massage and then they'll go on like this yoga retreat. Like all those things are great. And trust me, those things are important at the self-care. You need to be taking your vacations and things like that. But self-care starts on a daily basis. If you're not doing the 15 to 30 minutes of, you know, meditation or reading or walking or whatever it is, you need to be doing something on a daily basis for quote unquote self-care. Um, otherwise all those vacations and anything that, that, that that's so that's short term, you can't binge on self care, you need to commit to self care daily, and you need to identify what does that look like for you, everyone's gonna have something else, right. So I can say, Yeah, turn off your devices. Well, that works for me. I'm not always good about it. But that's what I know I need when I'm, I'm looking like I'm feeling a little drowned out. I'm spending too much time on my phone. So for me, self-care begins with turn, you know, making sure my phone's off at eight o'clock and you know, what I do is I hide it in my office so that it's too hard to come back to, um, you know, from my bedroom or from the living room, I keep it in my office. Um, you know, that's what works for me. That may work for you may not. It may be that you have to go on a, a daily run every single day. It may mean that you need to like read and decompress you know, one hour before bed. Um, but you need to find out what is that one thing or those different things that are going to give you the self care on a daily basis, because self care needs to be a daily habit, not an, an occasional thing that you that you binge on. Okay. Um, so what is it for you? What's your what is what is the one thing that you feel 
I'll ask you, I'll interview the interviewer. Like, sure. what is it that you feel um, helps you feel like, oh, like a breath of fresh air? Okay, so I have this idea of not, it's not my idea, but I've, I've researched it. If you go past 16 days, anything that you do becomes a habit. Mm-hmm. Or is it 21 days? So I, what I've been doing is I've been trying to develop like small habits of yeah. when I go out and play tennis with my wife, instead of me taking photos of us doing tennis, I just play tennis. And I feel it's so funny. I feel so accomplished. I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't turn on my phone. This is yeah. so, I feel so proud of myself. But, yeah. you know, those tiny habits or like taking photos of my food. I, I take photos of my food now. But it's because I like seeing it <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for me, for course, me. But right? I don't post it online. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, I stopped watching other people's stories. I'm. Oh, I'm so. Wow. I'm so weird at. Do you watch- feel more free in that, like more relaxed, not doing that. Oh yeah, there's no pressure. Okay. No okay. pressure, and I don't have. When whenever I it's so funny whenever I meet like a, a when I go to mixers and I meet like a fellow vendor and they're like oh did you see the we we went to Spain or something like that and I'm like oh I didn't know that oh and they're like oh well, yeah it's in my stories conversation about yes, it right exactly like, yeah. if you know everybody's life because you've watched the, I've noticed that conversations conversations are lame these days because you've seen the story about their great vacation rather than like, Oh, what, what did you like best? You know, like you can actually talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. I I actually, what was it? Uh, I was talking to someone recently. I think they had a baby or they had, they got married and I didn't know or something like that. Oh, they went, they went vacationing on a different country and I didn't know. To, yeah. They went back to the Philippines. One of my friends, they That's went back. And I'm like, oh, shoot, I didn't know that. So it was funny yeah. because, you know, we actually had like a conversation and they were happy about like reminiscing, like describing the, what their vacation was without me yeah. like honestly knowing about it. It's so yeah. freeing, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a great way to instill a habit of, you know, lessening your device use. And I, I do think, you know, devices contribute to burnout a lot. So if you are able to fit a habit where you are just playing tennis, like you said, you're going to enjoy that tennis, you're going to actually feel that tennis. And you know, exercise is a big part of preventing burnout and not feeling exhausted all the time. Um, you know, we used to do, um, which I need to instill again for my whole family, it was like cyber free Sundays where, you know, no, no devices on Sundays whatsoever. That's hard to instill, but that, man, I would go back to Monday feeling like a million dollars. It felt like a vacation not being on my phone all day. Let me tell you, I'm a phone addict. So it takes a lot to be able to like, you know, hide your phone for an entire day. But it was incredible how um, more energetic I felt on Monday, how much more rested I felt. Um, and I, I didn't dread Monday as much um, because I had allowed my body to rest appropriately. Really, uh, you know, I feel like also I'm happy that my wife is not obsessed with social oh, media. That's, yeah, yeah. So it really yeah. helps because she she's on her phone, but she reads. She loves to read. Yeah. So so when we're like eating out or something like that with her parents or with our friends, she always 
taps me on the she kicks me on the foot like she's like get That's off your good. phone i'm like oh yeah. crap <laughs> so yeah. you know i i suck at it but i still try to develop these small habits yeah. but yeah. for her she because i asked her like oh did you see two days ago about the blah 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 she's like no i didn't i don't know about that because she never really yeah. checks and i yeah and she's not stressed out as i am mm-hmm. so, my husband's the same way yeah, yeah. So I'm going to recommend two books for you because I know you're a big Ooh. reader. You like business books. Yes. And also for your listeners and viewers, if they are um, wanting to become better about getting off their devices. So one of them, let me look it up. I, I always mess up the title. Okay. I want, I always want to call it deep focus. It's deep work uh, by Cal Newport. It's a really great book. A lot of the stuff we know uh, to some degree about getting off our devices um, but he puts it in a frame that really, like, I don't know, I felt a, a, an urgency after I read that book um, in terms of lessening my uh, device consumption and online consumption so that I could focus on getting big projects done in my, in my work life and my personal life. What we don't realize aside from the burnout is that we're spending so much time on devices that it's distracting us from being able to work on bigger projects. So deep work is a really great book. And then another one that I love talking about habits is atomic habits. Um, atomic habits is by, let me see. That one's by James clear. Um, it's probably one of the best books on habits that I've read. And I've read several. Um, he talks about really great tips on, creating cycles of habits, how we can like bundle certain activities. Um, so for example, something that he talks about is if you put your running shoes by the front door and you know that that's a trigger for effect. And so what that, um, that book did to me was, okay, well, that's not my trigger. Cause I see my sneakers by the door all the time, but what's my, what's my trigger. And I realized for exercise, if my clothing is in the bathroom, when I wake up my workout clothing, I'm going to put it on and go work out immediately versus if I have to, it's such a stupid thing, but if I have to pull it out of my drawer, Oh yeah. It's too much work. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> but if it's literally right there on my bathroom counter, put it on and I'm like, I'm golden. So, um, everyone has a different trigger. Right. And so that's one of, that's only one chapter. Amazing book, atomic habits. Yeah. Actually, I remember hearing him in a podcast, I think with Pat Flynn or, uh, John Lee Dumas, but I started doing that like uh, the night before I have my yeah. uh, running shoes and then yeah. my shorts and just so when I wake up the next day, I just go straight to the gym. I'm like, I yeah. look at it's on my couch and I look yeah. at it. I'm like, fine. And I just, I just put yeah. it on. So yeah. it, it really helps. So I do that yeah. also with, um, with my to-do list for the next day. I, oh, yes. I do yeah. my list the night before. Yeah. Yes. And yes. then I just That's a so huge yeah. thing. Yeah, it, it really it really helps. So now I yeah. feel like when I bought a new phone and I had to like re-download everything and <clears throat> re reconnect the my information from the cloud and it didn't show up. I'm like, oh no, my list. Yeah. So it was yeah. just incapacitating, and that that again is going back to the phone. But now I write it on pe a piece of paper. <laughs> I do too. I do too. Yep. I've gone full circle with those lists. Yeah. Just going old get school. Off devices more and more. Yeah. Yeah. Just going old school, you know? Yeah. So yeah. now since we're getting into like the books and like habits, 
what yeah. are if I'm already burnt out, how do I what are the steps do I need to take to regain yeah. focus? So honestly, if you're burned out, you need to like let go. <laughs> like you need to you need to give up for a few days, to be quite honest. Um I think a lot of times when we're burned out, what we tend to do is um we keep trying to like work. <laughs> we keep trying to put in more hours, trying to correct, trying to like make it work where to be quite honest, we need to like back off and just say, you know what? I'm burned out. I need to give up for a few days and not do a lot of work. Now as business owners, that's honestly impossible. Like it's impossible to be like, I'm out for the next week and I'm just giving up. Um, what I would encourage people to do if you're like still in a busy season or you still have a lot of work on your plate, like narrow it down to like the one or two things that need to happen every day and only spend one or two hours on those things every day and just knock them out and find other things to do with your time, whether it's going to play tennis, whether it's like going to the beach, like you honestly need time to rest and recuperate if you are honestly burned out because there's no amount of work or convincing yourself of all of the things that you need to do that's going to fix that. Your body needs rest and recuperation if you're honestly burned out. Um, you know, a lot of times that's when people are like, oh, I need to take a vacation. Well, we can't always take a vacation, but we can just lessen the, our, the pressure that we put on ourselves to keep everything going. Um, I've learned that about myself personally. If I'm feeling burned out and I'm sitting in my computer, I'm like, I've been staring at this computer screen for two or three hours now. I've been scrolling Instagram or Facebook. Like that to me is a red flag that I'm burned out. I'm just going to take the rest of the day and, and go read a book. I, I did that on Monday, actually. This past Monday, I was like, I was not accomplished or getting anything done, accomplishing anything. I had 10 things on my list. I looked at them and I said, okay, the only two things that matter are getting these emails out right now and writing this article. I did that in two hours. And then I spent the next day, the next, you know, seven hours reading a book on my couch. And on Tuesday, it was so full of energy. I got so much done, was so much more focused. Um, and all it took is like giving myself the freedom to like, let go, give up, just like wave the, the white flag and say, I surrender. I can't get anything done today. This is my body telling me that I need to take a day off. So how do you feel about sticking to a routine? Do you feel like that's going to I So I think routines are great for some people. And I think routines are not great for some, like not everybody okay. is a routine person. Um, now, I'm not a routine person because I love spontaneity and I, I get really bored fast. <laughs> I will tell you though, you need to have some semblance. Everybody needs some semblance of routine. Um, so if you're somebody that doesn't like routine, um, what I would recommend is like find ways to mix up your routine every so often, like when you start to get bored by it. Um, and so like a great example is um, if you have found it beneficial to wake up early to get you know, a jog in or to read. Um, but you hate sticking to that same thing every morning, like mix up what happens in that morning. Like that's where you have a little spontaneity, but the routine becomes waking up at 6am. Um, right. Like you can balance routine with spontaneity to suit your needs. I think the fundamental thing that 
that you probably maybe have found with routine is that, um, I don't know, it gives you uh, like focus on being able to get things done. Um, I don't know. What has your relationship with, with routine been? I am a creature of habit because yeah. I have ADD and I can't, I feel like if I get out of a routine, it just throws me off. It throws me off the whole yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, okay. Um, I wake up, normally I wake up at 5.30 or 6 in the morning. Okay. And then my wife wakes up at like 7.30 to 8. Wink, wink. She wakes up at 9, but she, she wants me to say <laughs> 7.30. So that, that, that amount of time that she's asleep is my time for myself. Yes. So I when agree I that. wake up, I'm yeah. so excited. I'm like, oh, I mean, God, I could, I could play video games. So what I do is yeah. I wake up, I go to the gym, maybe like walk yeah. or run for like 30 minutes to an hour, come yeah. home, have my coffee, play my video games. When she wakes up, we're ready. We're ready for the day. Yes, 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 yes. But then sometimes she wakes up at like seven and I'm like, why Bro, are you already are. up? Go back to bed. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So it really throws me off. But yeah. I feel like a routine for for creatives will really help because we we're small businesses, so we don't uh, answer to anyone but ourselves. And I think the the main focus of being in an office and working in a nine to five job is having a schedule. Okay, ten o'clock <laughs> you go on break, twelve o'clock you go on break, go back to work at this hour, blah blah blah. So I feel like yeah. that helps. But yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do agree. I, I think if you're completely rudderless, you're it's gonna be really hard to focus on getting things done. Um and so that's why I like to say like you need to have like an undercurring um like habits that work for you and your business. Um I I'm not somebody that's gonna say like everybody's gonna thrive with the same routine for the rest of their lives. Some people will and do and and um and it's amazing. I admire people like that. Um, but then there's other people that, I mean, you have to kind of find your own system. Um, and so it may mean that, um, you know, your routine is at the end of the, maybe, I love what you said about writing your tasks for the next day. I do that. And I think it's great. Um, so maybe that's the way that you kind of stick to it, but whether you start your day at eight or nine, maybe that changes depending on your personality, right? Like it's hard to tell all people that you need to be routine people because I know a lot of people are you know, a little bit more fly busy, <laughs> especially artists and creative. Like yeah. sometimes it's hard to say, like you have to stick to the same routine. So um, my question now is, cause I've noticed that most of the successful people wake up really early. Like the extremely successful people, mm -hmm. their, their day starts really early, like six or seven in the morning. When mm -hmm. it comes to burnout, do you feel that waking up at a certain time of day is a factor in burnout? But before you answer that, I really want to talk about something that the listeners should know about. The Facebook group that I have created to help wedding business owners figure out specific issues about running their business. From sales to marketing to advertising, social media. No art stuff here, just all business. I know, right? It's such a great idea. If you're committed to building a wedding business that will last, you need to join this group. We'll have tips, episode transcripts, workshop information, and many more. So I hope to see you there.
just click on the link in the show notes. Okay, so what's your answer to my question? This is such a great question. So um, speaking of books, there's another great book. It's called Ooh. When, When by Daniel Pink. And he actually talks about morning people versus night owls. And so there is this myth that quote unquote <coughs> successful people wake up early. But when you look at like history, like there's so many creative like book writers that stay up late and, and painters that wake up at noon and stay up till 2 a.m. Right. Um, I think it's a little bit of a stereotype to say that people, you know, that people do wake up early, especially because <coughs> you hear from the Tim Ferriss of the world that wake up at like 4 a.m. and they take their cold shower and they, you know, like they do all those crazy things. Right. Um, so everyone's clock is a little bit different. Um, I learned after reading that book that my natural clock in an ideal world would be to go to bed at midnight and wake up at nine. Like that's what my body feels the most at peace with. That is when I, I don't feel burnout actually when I'm able to sleep from 12 to nine. Reality is I have kids and I have to get them to school and I need to exercise before I take them to school. So I'm waking up at 5.30 for the most part. I'm going against nature <laughs> you know, to get them there. Um, and so uh, I, I think everyone's clock is different. And so it's not necessarily uh, contributing to burnout. So it's interesting you say that, though, because a lot of people will force themselves to wake up early. They'll, they'll be like, well, I'm going to wake up at 5 a.m. and I'm going to be more productive. I'm going to like defeat the burnout and all this. But if your natural body clock is much more of that morning person body clock, um, forcing yourself to wake up at 5am actually can cause a lot of tiredness. Like if your body needs to sleep in, don't force it to be waking up at 5am just because that's what, you know, the experts are doing and saying. So, sure. yeah. So when talks about that, the book, when it talks about how that. some people's energy levels are high at the end of the day. And some of them are, are high in the beginning of the day. Um, and then some fall in the middle, but that's actually um, an anomaly. It's usually one or the other. Okay. That's good to know because yeah. so what I did was because I usually my, my cutoff is midnight. Like even if we're at a party. <gasps> so do you go to bed at midnight and you wake yeah. up at 5? 5.30. So you're only sleeping five hours five a night? Hours. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I think that's more of a burnout factor yeah. is how many hours people are sleeping. It's not the yeah. time you wake up. Yep. Um, I remember when you said uh, waking up, uh, having trouble sleeping is a sign of burnout. I'm like, oh, crap. So anyway, so when, when my cutoff is midnight, right? Even we're, if we're at a party, I get really, really sleepy and my wife drives yeah. me because I can't. Uh, so yeah. what we did was I moved my midnight sleeping to 10 p.m. Yes, so now I good. Get, and then I wake up at 6 now, so I get 8 hours of sleep. So yes. It really helped. Um, it really helped me get back into the groove of things because yes. whenever I before when I was way younger and we drink till like four in the morning, yeah. <laughs> I wake up at like eleven or twelve at noon and it it pisses me off because I'm like, oh my God, this is already half the day. I wasted the yeah. entire day. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So it kind of like throws me off, but I think it's because yeah. I have a routine. Yes. And not because, you know, this, but, but I, I think you're right. The sleeping habits and the, the length of sleeping is the most important part. Yeah. Yeah. It's how, it, I mean, 
I know that a few years ago there were people like Tim Ferriss that were saying like, oh, I only get four hours of sleep a night. And and the reality is, I know that that's like a myth that's been passed around that some people could go with four or five hours. That's not true. Most most people need at least seven hours and most people really fall into that eight to nine um, window. And so, you know, whether you're getting it from 12 to nine or you're getting it from 10 to six, right? Like it, the burnout is more impacted by the number of hours you sleep than when you're rising or waking. Okay. Yeah. So if you wake up a little later in the day, yeah. like a creative that we are, yeah. um, <laughs> you're going to have a feeling that you have a little bit of downtime, right? So because the day starts pretty much like noon and then you're, you only have like five hours instead of eight or nine. How how do you get better control of someone's day? How can someone get better yeah. control of their day? I think, it, you know, wedding business owners that I know that start their days later, um, you know, let's say that a business owner is starting their day somewhere between 10 to 12, which I do see. I I actually don't see it that much anymore. And not, not once you're kind of established in business, people kind of end up adapting to like work hours. Um, but let's say that you're doing that 10 to 12. What I tend to see is like people just end up working later into the night. Um, and if you're truly a night owl, like that's when a lot of times you're getting that creative, creative juice. Um, I think if you're busy enough, you're going to end up fitting those, that eight hour work day in regardless. So you may end up working from 12 to eight instead. Um, you know, the, the work still gets done. If you're trying to squeeze in an eight hour day to six hours, there's nothing wrong with that. You can do that. If your business is thriving and you're only working five or six hours a day, then go for it. Right? Like who says we need to work eight hours a day? Nobody. Nobody. We just do. I mean, we're mostly working like eight to 10 hours a day because we feel like we have to. <laughs> yeah. But oh, yeah, because the thing is with people forget that being a small business owner doesn't only take four hours or eight hours a day. It takes more than that. Mm -hmm. So if you find a way to schedule everything, like on Monday, I'm going to take the day off. Tuesday, I'm mm -hmm. going to answer emails. I yeah. think it's going to be better. It's, it's, you know. It's a much better use of your time if you can batch things. And so if you say like Tuesday's my day for, you know, sales consultations and Wednesday's when I do um, editing and Thursday's when I do phone calls, that's going to be a much more productive use of your time because you're not starting and stopping a different kind of activity every single day. So if, if you are in a habit of, um, you know, you take a phone call and then you go meet somebody for lunch and then you come back and you edit for an hour and then you do email for an hour and then you do social media for an hour. That tends to be kind of crazy because every single time you start one of those activities, you're stopping and starting in the transition time takes about 30, 30 to 45 minutes, sometimes more to transition one type of activity to another. So if you're interrupted with the phone call, what they say is like, getting back to your work takes, you know, 15, 20, 30 minutes for you to refocus on what you were doing. So it's much better to batch your activities so that you're not doing that starting and stopping all the time. So that that is an important routine to incorporate. Now, 
where I tend to shift the conversation on routines is it doesn't mean that every Monday has to be phone calls. Maybe this Monday's phone calls and then next week it's Tuesdays, right? But the important thing is that you are, you know, creating those routines with flexibility for your life, for your business, for your personal life, right? Yeah. So do you think that is the small change that you need to do to work towards coming out of getting burnt out or preventing burnt out getting mm, burnt out or I do you have can, I actually I think that that can improve productivity to be quite honest I I think that even if you have all of those routines in place um you can still find yourself in in burnout just because of the workload that you're taking on you know if you're taking on too much workload regardless of the routines that you have in place, you can still find yourself in a place of burnout. The routines help prevent the burnout. Um, the habits help to, um, to prevent the burnout. But honestly, it's taking time off, off work, off devices, off your computer, not always being on, taking two days off a week um, at least, which I know in weddings we don't always do. If we have events on Saturday, you should be taking Sunday and Monday off. Um, it's really taking time to rest your body and rest your mind. Like that is what's preventing the burnout. Um, and so, you know, earlier when I was talking about making self-care a daily habit, um, you know, even in our busy season, what you should be thinking about is the bookends of your day. So how you start your day and how you end your day can dictate your body and your mind feeling rested. So I love that you have a morning routine, um, because that's that's the first piece of this book end. That's the way that you start your day. Doing exercise, you're having your coffee, you're playing games. So you're not working, you're not on email, you're not on devices, right? Like you begin the day on your terms. So that's an important first piece. And the second piece is how do you end your day? Are you ending your day scrolling your phone before you go to bed, which most of us are doing? Or are you ending it reading a book? Are you ending it doing meditation? Are you ending it... Yeah, drinking, I don't know, drinking can be good and bad. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. But, but if you're boozing it up to, like, you know, decompress, then relax. that's starts yeah. to become a problem, right? Yeah. Um, are you sitting, you know what, TV is great. Like, TV can be a great decompression, right? As long as you're really, um, you know, taking time off the devices, off the computer, off the email, right? So think about your bookends because that becomes your your. Uh, first step in your um your self-care daily commitment is are you starting your day working and ending your day working you're not you're gonna burn out so those the first and the last thing that you do in the day dictates a lot of uh your relationship with burnout and how you feel about your the work that you're doing i love that because you're trying you're, you're telling people to be conscious about what you're doing within your day surprisingly mm -hmm. days here are so short like once you start working and you hit noon you're like oh my gosh my day's almost over yeah. so you have to be conscious of like every single hour and i feel like having a schedule really is going mm -hmm. to help right mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. i i have a question before my last question i have a question for me because yeah. our company we have we have about 10 people that work with us and half oh, yeah. of, half of those are employees and they they edit here in the in the office. So mm -hmm. my question is, 
as business owners, as the bosses, we try to always look for work because we want to make sure that our guys have enough work mm -hmm. for themselves because for most of them, it's it's more than like a part-time job. So yeah. they're, they're pretty much here editing. Yeah. So when we're, we're looking for work, it's weird because it's like a weird circle that we look for work and we get burnt out because, mm -hmm. you know, we try to get Give as much so work much as we work. can. But then yeah. with them, with our guys, all they have to do is come in and edit, right? But then mm -hmm. they also get burnt out because they're getting so much work. How, yeah. how do businesses, wedding businesses like that deal with burning each other out? Because I yeah, feel like that's I, something that, that needs to be talked about. Yeah. Well, a big part of it is, you know, making sure that your, your team is, are, is taking breaks the day. So similar, similar thing, like what are their, what, what are their self-care habits, right? Are they taking breaks during the day and encouraging them to take breaks without devices? And so sometimes like, if you just tell people like, oh, you can have a break whenever you want, like, well, they're just going to go, you know, grab a Coke and, and get on their devices. Like that's not a true break. So as an employer, the best thing that you can do for them is like incorporate staff, like, outings right so like on wednesday we're gonna go have breakfast let's go have breakfast where people actually talking to each other that's gonna feel like a really great decompression or you know instead of bringing don't bring lunch to the office like get people out of the office so that they actually feel a release because when you're in your office you're still consumed by the thoughts of like what you should be doing the, the should ofs you know um and we're carrying all of that weight with us. So if we go out to lunch, great. Like that's a really great release. Having, you know, a monthly you know, a staff event where you're like you're going out and bowling or, or stuff like that. Um, it could be inviting them to like networking events, depending on what they're doing, right? Um, so if they're editing, maybe they're not client facing, so you're not taking them to networking events, but incorporating some of that culture of fun into your work um, environment is going to be really important. And then them not burning out, not just them not burning out, but them feeling excited about the work that they do, right? A loyalty to you as their employer. Yeah. I feel like also there should be a line or a limit to the fun aspect because we, we've been in business for nine years and we've done the fun part and then we've done the, Oh, guys, we need to really actually work. Oh, right now. Yeah, and yeah, there is, yeah, yeah. We, we lost, I feel like we lost that line of yeah. friend, friendship and working. And mm -hmm. for my tip for other business owners is just make sure that you establish the line. Day one, you establish the line. Yeah. Because well, that goes back to like, how do you onboard people? Are you doing employee reviews? Are you doing staff meetings? Right. That's yeah. how you balance some of those more serious um, responsibilities as a business owner. Yeah. So yeah. the, uh, so now the, those are really great tips, especially for me because I, I kind of like, Oh yeah, you're right. So now my last question is for people who are getting burnt out or just to prevent burning out, how do you feel about delegation? Because as a small business, oh, yeah. yeah, right. Because as a small business, we're trying to save money. And mm -hmm. delegation for me, whenever I hear delegation, I'm like, oh, crap, I need to spend more money. So how important yeah. is delegation yeah. when it comes to running your small business and what things should you delegate? Yeah, well, delegation, well, delegation is interesting because in the short term, you're 
it's actually going to be more work to get somebody in. So you have to be prepared for that. You're going to be working a lot more. But once that person can take over things, you're freeing yourself up uh, either to invest in other areas of your business, free yourself up to like go sell more or have more time off. Um, you know, the business owners that I have seen most successful with this have been, have gotten to a point where they have team members that can take on their business and they're not having to be at every event and they can actually take a month long vacation. I mean, that's the ideal scenario, but I do see business owners get to that point. It doesn't happen overnight. You have to start somewhere, right? Um, there needs to be a balance between the investment, right? So if your business is not earning enough, you need to find a way for your business to earn enough. A lot of that comes from pricing. You need to likely increase your pricing to adjust for those additional people that you need to bring in. Um, I also think a lot of times people think that they need to bring in full-time employees. You don't. You can bring somebody in for five hours a week and that person working five hours a week oftentimes is doing the work that might take you 10 hours because you're constantly being interrupted. A five hour a week employee is not typically going to break the bank. Um, that's usually a pretty small investment that in the long term can free you up in other ways. So if that person is doing five hours of work, something that takes you 10 hours, that's 10 hours that you have for your personal life. So that's an ideal scenario. Um, yeah, I, I always say start with five hours because that's the best way to test it. That's the best way to see how good you are at managing to learn, you know, what that person might be able to help with and start with one small thing. Maybe it's five hours a week and they're managing your social media. That's five hours of posting that you don't need to do or content creation that you need to do. And I feel like you could, you could also hire a virtual assistant. It doesn't oh, they don't yeah, have to sure. go to the office, you know? Yeah, yeah. A virtual assistant is going to be a lot more specialized. You're typically paying them more because they're an expert in a very specific area. Um, but they're, they're usually able to take on a bigger load um, because they are experts in that very specific area. That's what we tell the couples. Although we don't really get a lot of people asking us why our pricing is more than other people. Yeah. But mm -hmm. whenever we do or whenever we have like a vendor asking us, we always tell them, you know, it, the back end is where we shine because mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the customer service and the research that we do and, you know, the, fo the fortune is in the follow up. So all of those things we delegate and we try to, I guess, uh, what do you call that? Split uh, our tasks so that mm -hmm. everything mm -hmm. would be a little bit more efficient. So I mm -hmm. feel like. Whenever clients experience that, they forget. They it's funny because they actually forget about the video that they get, and they remember mm. the service, the experience. Yeah, the experience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I delegating that part. If you can't for because the thing with creatives is it's hard for creatives to let go of control when it comes to the product. Yes. But you can yes. always let go of control when it comes to service. So. You yeah. know, just it's we're still a service based industry. So I always tell people that that we're a service, we're not a product. So yes, especially yes. for us videographers and photographers. So Yeah, yeah. People are buying the how, not necessarily the what. <laughs> yes. It's, yeah. People remember how you made them feel, mm -hmm. not what you did. So mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So um thank you so much. That was really a very enlightening interview. I'm pretty sure a lot of people you helped a lot of people who are listening right now about how to get out of their 
situation of being burned out and yeah now, now they're a little bit more conscious about like oh crap i'm gonna get burnt out soon so i need to do this so i would love it if <laughs> i would love it if you um tell the people how to get a hold of you or uh what you're up to right now if this is your time to yeah share. yeah so well first of all thanks for having me this has been really fun i love talking about this so um so if people want to get in touch with me they can go to sage s-a-g-e wedding pros p-r-o-s.com and find everything about me there so something really fun that I'm working on right now is Be Sage Conference. This is the conference that we've been doing for the last six years. And it's a next level conference for wedding professionals. So these are wedding professionals typically in business for at least five years who are looking to see what's next for my business. Like, how do I continue evolving? How do I manage all these staff people? How do I hire a virtual assistant? What's my exit strategy for some day? Um, how do I compete in an increasingly demanding market? Um, you know, how do I continue to market myself like a big brand and, you know, utilize social media and, um, you know, online tools and things like that. It's one of my favorite things to work on because I really love to get into what are the challenges of that business owner who's been in business for about 10 years? Like, what is it that they're facing? What are some of the problems, um, that are unique to somebody that's been around for a while um, and then trying to find the right people to speak and educate on those specific challenges. So, yeah, so that's what I've been working on. Hope you join me. Oh, my gosh. I love that it's very focused because, yeah, you're right. You know, when you hit that five-year mark, you're like, okay, what do we do now? Yeah, the challenges are different. It's, it's, been, a fun, <laughs> it's been a fun five years, but then... Yeah. Do I still keep on going? Do I go a different yeah. direction? So I love yeah. that you're doing this yeah. this yeah. conference. Yeah. So I, I thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. This, this has, has been really been fun. Super fun. And yeah. um, all the best to you, Michelle. Yeah. Thanks. Don't you think that was a great episode? I hope you got a little bit more clarity about the topic. And if not, feel free to reach out and ask questions by emailing me at weddingvideoboss at gmail.com. You can also join the Facebook group so we can discuss this episode. Show your support by helping me reach more people by sharing this podcast or tell a friend about it. I'd also love it if you rate and review. I love reading reviews. A few weeks from now, we'll be releasing a handful of surprises. So if you're interested in learning more or if you want to find out as soon as it comes out, feel free to join our mailing list. I'll try to add all of the links in the show notes. I hope this just jump-started your day and may you have an excellent week ahead. I'll see you on the next episode of the Wedding Video Boss Podcast. Till then, play nice if you can't win. Be nice, especially if you're good-looking. Boss man out. And not because, you know, this, but, but I, I think you're right. The sleeping habits and the, the length of sleeping is the most important part. Yeah. Yeah. It's how, it, I mean, 
I know that a few years ago, there were people like Tim Ferriss that were saying like, oh, I only get four hours of sleep a night. And, and the reality is, I know that that's like a myth that's been passed around that some people could go with four or five hours. That's not true. Most, most people need at least seven hours and most people really fall into that eight to nine um, window. And so, you know, whether you're getting it from 12 to nine or you're getting it from 10 to six, right? Like it, the burnout is more impacted by the number of hours you sleep than when you're rising or waking. Okay. Yeah. So if you wake up a little later in the day, yeah. like a creative that we are, yeah. Um, <laughs> you're going to have a feeling that you have a little bit of downtime, right? So because the day starts pretty much like noon and then you're, you mm. only have like five hours instead of eight or nine. How, how do you get better control of someone's day? How can someone get better yeah. control of their day? I think, it, you know, wedding business owners that I know that start their days later, um, you know, let's say that a business owner is starting their day somewhere between 10 to 12, which I do see. I, I actually don't see it that much anymore. And not, not once you're kind of established in business, people kind of end up adapting to like work hours. Um, but let's say that you're doing that 10 to 12. What I tend to see is like people just end up working later into the night. Um, and if you're truly a night owl, like that's when a lot of times you're getting that creative, creative juice. Um, I think if you're busy enough, you're going to end up fitting those that eight hour work day in regardless. So you may end up working from 12 to eight instead. Um, you know, the, the work still gets done. If you're trying to squeeze in an eight hour day to six hours, there's nothing wrong with that. You can do that. If your business is thriving and you're only working five or six hours a day, then go for it. Right? Like who says we need to work eight hours a day? Nobody. Nobody. We just do. I mean, we're mostly working like eight to 10 hours a day because we feel like we have to. <laughs> Yeah. But oh, yeah, because the thing is with people forget that being a small business owner doesn't only take four hours or eight hours a day. It takes more than that. Mm -hmm. So if you find a way to schedule everything, like on Monday, I'm going to take the day off. Tuesday, I'm going to mm -hmm. answer emails. I yeah. think it's going to be better. It's it's. You know. It's a much better use of your time if you can batch things. And so if you say like Tuesday's my day for, you know, sales consultations and Wednesday's when I do um, editing and Thursday's when I do phone calls, that's going to be a much more productive use of your time because you're not starting and stopping a different kind of activity every single day. So if, if you are in a habit of, um, you know, you take a phone call and then you go meet somebody for lunch and then you come back and you edit for an hour and then you do email for an hour and then you do social media for an hour. That tends to be kind of crazy because every single time you start one of those activities, you're stopping and starting in the transition time takes about 30, 30 to 45 minutes, sometimes more to transition one type of activity to another. So if you're interrupted with the phone call, what they say is like, getting back to your work takes, you know, 15, 20, 30 minutes for you to refocus on what you were doing. So it's much better to batch your activities so that you're not doing that starting and stopping all the time. So that, that is an important routine to incorporate. Now, 
where I tend to shift the conversation on routines is it doesn't mean that every Monday has to be phone calls. Maybe this Monday's phone calls and then next week it's Tuesdays, right? But the important thing is that you are, you know, creating those routines with flexibility for your life, for your business, for your personal life, right? Yeah. So do you think that is the small change that you need to do to work towards coming out of getting burnt out or preventing burnt out getting burnt out or do you have i actually i think that that can improve productivity to be quite honest i i think that even if you have all of those routines in place um you can still find yourself in in burnout just because of the workload that you're taking on you know if you're taking on too much workload regardless of the routines that you have in place, you can still find yourself in a place of burnout. The routines help prevent the burnout. Um, the habits help to, um, to prevent the burnout. But honestly, it's taking time off, off work, off devices, off your computer, not always being on, taking two days off a week um, at least, which I know in weddings we don't always do. If we have events on Saturday, you should be taking Sunday and Monday off. Um, it's really taking time to rest your body and rest your mind. Like that is what's preventing the burnout. Um, and so, you know, earlier when I was talking about making self-care a daily habit, um, you know, even in our busy season, what you should be thinking about is the bookends of your day. So how you start your day and how you end your day can dictate your body and your mind feeling rested. So I love that you have a morning routine, um, because that's that's the first piece of this book end. That's the way that you start your day. Doing exercise, you're having your coffee, you're playing games. So you're not working, you're not on email, you're not on devices, right? Like you begin the day on your terms. So that's an important first piece. And the second piece is how do you end your day? Are you ending your day scrolling your phone before you go to bed, which most of us are doing? Or are you ending it reading a book? Are you ending it doing meditation? Are you ending it... Yeah, drinking, I don't know, drinking can be good and bad. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. But, but if you're boozing it up to, like, you know, decompress, then relax. that's where it starts yeah. to become a problem, right? Yeah. Um, are you sitting, you know what, TV is great. Like, TV can be a great decompression, right? As long as you're really, um, you know, taking time off the devices, off the computer, off the email, right? So think about your bookends because that becomes your your. Uh, first step in your um your self-care daily commitment is are you starting your day working and ending your day working you're not you're gonna burn out so those the first and the last thing that you do in the day dictates a lot of uh your relationship with burnout and how you feel about your the work that you're doing i love that because you're trying you're, you're telling people to be conscious about what you're doing within your day surprisingly mm -hmm. days here are so short. Like once you start working and you hit noon, you're like, oh my gosh, my day's almost over. Yeah. So you have to be conscious of like every single hour. And I feel like having a schedule really is going mm -hmm. to help, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I, I have a question. Before my last question, I have a question for me because yeah. our company, we have we have about 10 people that work with us and half, oh, yeah. of, half of those are employees and they, they edit here in the in the office. So mm -hmm. my question is, 
as business owners, as the bosses, we try to always look for work because we want to make sure that our guys have enough work mm -hmm. for themselves because for most of them, it's it's more than like a part-time job. So yeah. they're, they're pretty much here editing. Yeah. So when we're, we're looking for work, it's weird because it's like a weird circle that we look for work and we get burnt out because, mm -hmm. you know, we try to get Give as much so work much as we work. can. But then yeah. with them, with our guys, all they have to do is come in and edit, right? But then mm -hmm. they also get burnt out because they're getting so much work. How, yeah. how do businesses, wedding businesses like that deal with burning each other out? Because I yeah, feel like that's I'm, something that, that needs to be talked about. Yeah. Well, a big part of it is, you know, making sure that your your team is are is taking breaks through the day. So similar similar thing. Like what are their what what are their self-care habits, right? Are they taking breaks during the day and encouraging them to take breaks without devices? And so sometimes, like if you just tell people like, oh, you can have a break whenever you want, like, well, they're just gonna go, you know, grab a Coke and, and get on their devices. Like that's not a true break. So as an employer, the best thing that you can do for them is like incorporate staff like outings right so like on wednesday we're gonna go have breakfast let's go have breakfast where people actually talking to each other that's gonna feel like a really great decompression or you know instead of bringing don't bring lunch to the office like get people out of the office so that they actually feel a release because when you're in your office you're still consumed by the thoughts of like what you should be doing the, the should have's you know um and we're carrying all of that weight with us. So if we go out to lunch, great. Like that's a really great release. Having, you know, a monthly, you know, a staff event where you're like you're going out and bowling or, or stuff like that. Um, it could be inviting them to like networking events, depending on what they're doing, right? Um, so if they're editing, maybe they're not client facing, so you're not taking them to networking events, but incorporating some of that culture of fun into your work um, environment is going to be really important. And then them not burning out, not just them not burning out, but them feeling excited about the work that they do, right? A loyalty to you as their employer. Yeah. I feel like also there should be a line or a limit to the fun aspect because we, we've been in business for nine years and we've done the fun part and then we've done the, Oh, guys, we need to really actually work. Oh, right now. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we lost, I feel like we lost that line of yeah. friend, friendship and working. And mm -hmm. for my tip for other business owners is just make sure that you establish the line. Day one, you establish the line. Yeah. Because well, that goes back to like, how do you onboard people? Are you doing employee reviews? Are you doing staff meetings? Right. That's yeah. how you balance some of those more serious um, responsibilities as a business owner. Yeah. So yeah. the uh, so now... The, those are really great tips, especially for me, because I, I kind of like, oh, yeah, you're right. So now my last question is for people who are getting burnt out or just to prevent burning out. How do you feel about delegation? Because as a small business, oh, yeah, yeah, right, because as a small business, we're trying to save money. And mm -hmm. delegation for me, whenever I hear delegation, I'm like, oh, crap, I need to spend more money. So how important is yeah, delegation yeah. when it comes to running your small business and what things should you delegate? 
Yeah, well, delegation, well, delegation is interesting, because in the short term, you're, it's actually going to be more work to get somebody in. So you have to be prepared for that, you're going to be working a lot more. But once that person can take over things, you're freeing yourself up, uh, either to invest in other areas of your business for yourself up to like, go sell more or have more time off. Um, you know, the business owners that I have seen most successful with this have been have gotten to a point where they have team members that can take on their business and they're not having to be at every event and they can actually take a month long vacation. I mean, that's the ideal scenario, but I do see business owners get to that point. It doesn't happen overnight. You have to start somewhere, right? Um, there needs to be a balance between the investment, right? So if your business is not earning enough, you need to find a way for your business to earn enough. A lot of that comes from pricing. You need to likely increase your pricing to adjust for those additional people that you need to bring in. Um, I also think a lot of times people think that they need to bring in full-time employees. You don't. You can bring somebody in for five hours a week and that person working five hours a week oftentimes is doing the work that might take you 10 hours because you're constantly being interrupted. A five hour a week employee is not typically going to break the bank. Um, that's usually a pretty small investment that in the long term can free you up in other ways. So if that person is doing five hours of work, something that takes you 10 hours, that's 10 hours that you have for your personal life. So that's an ideal scenario. Um, yeah, I, I always say start with five hours because that's the best way to test it. That's the best way to see how good you are at managing to learn, you know, what that person might be able to help with and start with one small thing. Maybe it's five hours a week and they're managing your social media. That's five hours of posting that you don't need to do or content creation that you need to do. And I feel like you could, you could also hire a virtual assistant. It doesn't oh, they don't yeah, have to sure. go to the office, you know? Yeah, yeah. A virtual assistant is going to be a lot more specialized. You're typically paying them more because they're an expert in a very specific area. Um, but they're, they're usually able to take on a bigger load um, because they are experts in that very specific area. That's what we tell the couples. Although we don't really get a lot of people asking us why our pricing is more than other people. Yeah. But mm -hmm. whenever we do or whenever we have like a vendor asking us, we always tell them, you know, it, the back end is where we shine because mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the customer service and the research that we do and, you know, the, fo the fortune is in the follow up. So all of those things we delegate and we try to, I guess, uh, what do you call that? Split uh, our tasks so that mm -hmm. everything mm -hmm. would be a little bit more efficient. So I mm -hmm. feel like. Whenever clients experience that, they forget. They it's funny because they actually forget about the video that they get, and they remember mm. the service, the experience. Yeah, the experience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I delegating that part. If you can't for because the thing with creatives is it's hard for creatives to let go of control when it comes to the product. Yes. But you can yes. always let go of control when it comes to service. So. You yeah. know, just it's we're still a service based industry. So I always tell people that that we're a service or not a product. So yes, especially yes. for us videographers and photographers. So Yeah, yeah. People are buying the how, not necessarily the what. <laughs> yes. It's, yeah. People remember how you made them feel, mm -hmm. not what you did. So mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So um thank you so much. That was really 
a very enlightening interview. I'm pretty sure a lot of people, you helped a lot of people who are listening right now about how to get out of their situation of being burned out. And yeah. now, now they're a little bit more conscious about like, oh crap, I'm going to get burnt out soon. So I need to do this. So I would love it if, <laughs> I would love it if you um, tell the people how to get a hold of you or uh, what you're up to right now, if this is your time. To yeah. Share. Yeah. So, well, first of all, thanks for having me. This has been really fun. I love talking about this. So, um, so people want to get in touch with me, they can go to Sage, S-A-G-E, Wedding Pros, P-R-O-S dot com and find everything about me there. So something really fun that I'm working on right now is Be Sage Conference. This is the conference that we've been doing for the last six years. And it's a next level conference for wedding professionals. So these are wedding professionals typically in business for at least five years who are looking to see what's next for my business. Like, how do I continue evolving? How do I manage all these staff people? How do I hire a virtual assistant? What's my exit strategy for some day? Um, how do I compete in an increasingly demanding market? Um, you know, how do I continue to market myself like a big brand and, you know, utilize social media and, um, you know, online tools and things like that. It's one of my favorite things to work on because I really love to get into what are the challenges of that business owner who's been in business for about 10 years? Like, what is it that they're facing? What are some of the problems, um, that are unique to somebody that's been around for a while um, and then trying to find the right people to speak and educate on those specific challenges. So, yeah, so that's what I've been working on. Hope you join me. Oh, my gosh. I love that it's very focused because, yeah, you're right. You know, when you hit that five-year mark, you're like, okay, what do we do now? Yeah, the challenges are different. <laughs> it's, it's, been a fun, it's been a fun five years, but then... Yeah. Do I still keep on going? Do I go a different yeah. direction? So I love yeah. that you're doing this yeah. this yeah. conference. Yeah. So I, I thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. This, this has, has been, really been fun. super fun. And yeah. um, all the best to you, Michelle. Yeah. Thanks. Don't you think that was a great episode? I hope you got a little bit more clarity about the topic. And if not, feel free to reach out and ask questions by emailing me at weddingvideoboss at gmail.com. You could also join the Facebook group so we can discuss this episode. Show your support by helping me reach more people by sharing this podcast or tell a friend about it. I'd also love it if you rate and review. I love reading reviews. A few weeks from now, we'll be releasing a handful of surprises. So if you're interested in learning more or if you want to find out as soon as it comes out, feel free to join our mailing list. I'll try to add all of the links in the show notes. I hope this just jump-started your day and may you have an excellent week ahead. I'll see you on the next episode of the Wedding Video Boss Podcast. Till then, play nice if you can't win. Be nice, especially if you're good-looking. Boss Man out. Boss Man out.